0: We support our local team and our local brewery, Phantom Brewery, and they've decided to support us back and you guys by offering a 10% off code. EPR10 when used on their website, phantombrew.com, will get you 10% off anything you order this season. That code again, EPR10. La looking to get caught of bon- Lefondre away from Davis. 3-1 running! Three points running. Hello, hello, hello. Guess who? It's me. I've done a Pet Guardiola style sabbatical after he um, left Bayern Munich and, and and I'm back. Um, in case you've forgotten who I am, it's me, Jacob Southclein, occasional preview host of the Park Rules preview podcast that you're listening to right now. And it's not just me, because it would make for a very tiresome, like, 20 to 30 minutes of a podcast. Uh, instead, we are also, also privileged and, and pleased to be joined by James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle, who is here. And uh, not, not that you'll be able to see this on the recording, because it's one of the limitations of audio, but James is bedecked in his all, all his <laughs> Reading finery. He's wearing the COVID shirt. He's wearing the, the nice... Um, at one with the retro color what season is that from james
1: uh 2020 2021 i think oh yeah the seventh
0: place season we don't really? talk about that i just bunged um, it on
1: because <clears throat> it's early and i haven't got to go out so it's uh, really No, now.
0: I've, I've dragged you out of bed i do apologize um <laughs> but you're you're a trooper you do whatever time of the day be it early or late you know dusk till dawn uh, James Earnshaw has had a relatively quiet week on the presser front because there hasn't been um an audience with Paul Ince this week has there so it's um it's all quiet on the news front
1: yeah yeah relatively obviously we had 10 minutes with him after the Luton game but nothing too major came out um Holmes was struggling a bit with a calf but you know this is the same Tom Ince that was um ill the same time as, as Paul Ince and he uh battled through and played. So I wouldn't surprise him if he carries on. I think he's sort of stats saying he's the youngest championship player have played every single minute of every game. So wow. I think it'll take a lot more than a bit of soreness to, to render him out of the game. Uh, Hutchinson originally was supposed to be back for this game, but Ince now thinks it's a bit soon. So potentially Watford or Hull. Um, but other than that, yeah, so hopefully home McIntyre's head or neck sort of injuries cleared up and he can play Um against Preston, but we'll have to see come tonight, I guess. It's funny because
0: we've, we've been looking at recent results and wondering what could have been with all the fine margins and the way mm. that we were totally robbed against Burnley. That was the last time I really heard from Paul Ince was um, he said about three or four things that probably would have got him in trouble with the <laughs> FA. Uh, <laughs> and then obviously a credi- creditable draw against Luton in midweek. You know, 0-0 at Ken on Worth Road is nothing to to sniff at, especially when you've got two teams on the same points, 25 points, looking up the table rather than down. And, and, you know, there were chances in that game. But it's funny to me the way that, given that we could be going into this Preston game that we're previewing today without centre-halves, we've mm. all of a sudden started to keep clean sheets again. And the, the defence has probably been the most reassuring part of, of recent performances. You know, I think the, the defence is looking OK, even though we have to stitch it back together again most weeks.
1: Yeah, I think Mbengi's really stepped up. Um wasn't quite sure when he played against Swansea uh, or that wing back was his best position and he's now moved into into that back three and he's been immense. I mean, you know, he could have given away a penalty on Tuesday, in fact, he probably should have done. So it's probably a swings and your roundabouts that we got with with uh, Saturday's game. But um, yeah, you know, he's winning headers, he's he's pushing forward, he's tracking back. Uh considering, you know, he's alongside Yeah who's you know in an unnatural position and someone as young as Holmes or a McIntyre I think he's done, and he's still only 20 and he can hardly speak English so big shout out to him I think he's really stepped up and hopefully they can tie him down because I think he's only on a short term deal so if they can get yeah. him over the line to at least the end of the season I think uh it'd be beneficial to both sets
0: it's it's the perfect marriage in many ways because Obviously, he's here on on relatively cheap terms, like until January. But also, I was just impressed by his versatility. Like mm. it took him a, a little while in order to be integrated into the team, and we never quite knew where he was going to be playing. But but now he has really kind of shown what he's about, and I, I was impressed. At first, I thought he was a bit milk toast to use that <laughs> expression. I thought he was a little weak sauce. Uh, but no, he's um, no he. I've been really impressed with him. Another one that I'd like to see back in contention preston. I know we're going to talk team news and lineups later on but I would like to see Guinness Walker given another mm. go um down the left And I saw um that the rival channel TTE you know fr- friendly sparring partners really. <laughs> um they said um in their match preview that we ought to um let the left side off the leash your words to that effect and and even though Babers come in and you know ticked along on the left he doesn't we know from the last time we saw him last season, we know he's not brilliant at going forward. And, and Nestor on the other hand, like can just give that a, a left-hand side a bit more of an attacking berth, can't he? And is that a change that you'd want to see, James, for this Preston game?
1: Yeah, yeah, I called out for it on Tuesday as well. To be fair, I don't think I put it out there, but definitely having conversations. I mean, he was harshly dropped in the first place. It's only because Baba was more experienced. At, he came in and in fairness Baba's got to try and play his way into a World Cup squad so I don't know whether that plays on Paul into his mind but the fact that we also own Guinness Walker for me is, is a big deal you know he's 22 is he 22 23 he's still yeah. much younger than Baba he's he's actually a permanent player under contract surely you'd yeah you've seen enough in him to know that if you give him enough games he's he's improving week on week and you've then got a saleable asset at the end of it rather than playing a low knee every single week he's just going to go back to Chelsea and be released and you know, God knows where he'll end up. I'd rather develop one of our own players. Um, mm. And he's improved. I mean, he was out of his depth uh, on his debut against Blackpool, uh, I think. But when he sort of came in last few weeks, he was one of the best players. I mean, he was whipping in crosses, he was cutting in. You could see the confidence was searing through. And, um, you know, you just got to sort of let him play. And they sort of pulled him back. And you can see why Bava has come back in, because he knows the league, and he knows he knows Reading, and he knows Paul Ince. But yeah, I think it was harsh to drop in his walk in the first place and he's not done anything wrong to, to deserve to be on the bench.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's kind of been a hallmark of this season, the fact that we've had young players come in who have got slowly better over time. I know we were saying the same about Tyrese Fauna, but mm. moving on to the midfield and you know Fauna's position, Ajari uh, got withdrawn before the 45 minutes, um, in our last game against Luton um and it's looking like that was due to fatigue from not playing too many matches is that right James
1: yeah yeah it's nothing serious he hasn't he hasn't had an injury and he just said he was tired i think he went off about the hour mark he, he um went in at half time and said he was tired uh he gave it you know 15 or 20 minutes extra and then uh, brought on Fauna. but you know, I think this is the time now to see Ovi step up. I mean, in that midfield, it's yeah. such a sort of defensive setup with the um, the likes of Loom and Hendrick is, you know, all right going forward, but we'll forever be the most frustrating player in the Reading team. Is that you just know, agreed? Yeah, that there's something sat in there and you just can never get it out, other than Fulham. Yeah. Um, so you just got to hope that the one day he just, you know, it flicks. But we've been saying that for the last four or five years, so. How long do you keep hoping? For me personally, I mean, not that I've got
0: like an anti Jeff agenda going on, um, (laughs) the the, uh, Elm Rules preview, but for me, he's got to be rested. I mean, I know he's one of those players that seems to be, if if he's available, it plays him, Mm. but you've got to rest him for this one. I I don't think it's likely to happen, but for me, I mean, if you've got Mamadou Loom, who's now served his five yellow card suspension, Mm. he's coming back, I, I would. Quite happily, throw him back in, you know, if, if, rather than keep him out for this one. But for me, I think Hendrick could just do with a a, a, t- a time out of the limelight. For me, I mean, he um is I agree with your assessment. He's by far and away the most frustrating member of of the squad for me because you know that there's something there, and and he, he doesn't show like he can he can look really really passive and just let
1: games go by him. So, um, mm-hmm. so that even the skills like every game. He, he wouldn't always necessarily do something that would change the game, but you'd get those little flashes of the spins and the pirouettes mm. and the kind of stuff that you would go to football to watch and, you know, get fans off their seat. He doesn't even do that so much now. He just gets it and plays it on. And it's sad to see, because you're almost, you know, it seems right over the top. You're almost seeing a player sort of waste away in front of your eyes, because you know yeah. <laughs> that some, he's not, I mean, he's not really hit the heights anyway, mm. but he's not, he's regressed from when we first had him. And it's sad yeah. to watch because he was on his day, one of the most enjoyable players. To watch. I mean, there were whole conversations about who was better out of him and Eze, you know, and, and they were reasonable arguments at one point. And I mean, you'd get laughed off at you know, any stage if you went up and, and tried to say that now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, it is a shame because, you know, like you say, there's something in there and, and we haven't seen it. And, you know, we, we're looking at potential changes to the defence this game, potential changes to the midfield composition. Another area where we might see a bit of rotation given the fixtures coming up and our trip to Watford afterwards on Tuesday is the forward line because Andy Carroll you know he, he put in a shift against mm. Luton but at the same time it probably wasn't his his best game and he had a couple of chances um is there a potential for some rotation there in this one with Shane Long against Preston do you reckon is it time
1: to mm. to give Shane Long a go up top? Well, for me, first and foremost, it's got to be Lucas Zhao. When you're at home, you've got to bring in Zhao. I think Zhao scored in every game for Reading whenever we played Preston. I mean, he just absolutely loves playing against Preston. So you just got to unleash him. I mean, he's... You know, it's so weird how, you know, before the season started, we thought Lucas Shaw was going to be our saviour. And now, arguably, he doesn't even play in our sort of most frequent teams. It's just sort of how much it's changed. But I'd go... Um, I think with, with Zhao, you need someone that is going to do the running. So I, I, I don't know why we don't just it up and go Long and Zhao. Long does the running and creates a space. Zhao, you know, hangs around at the edge of the box and puts chances away. I mean, it's, you know, I think Mete's run himself into the ground. He's done really well the last few games to sort of create stuff out of nothing. I mean, um, that flick on for Ince's goal against Burnley was just sublime. Um, but, you know, with another game in, what, three days, and then another game in four days yeah. You know, may say for, for Watford is probably the best just someone that would just chase down you know loose balls because we're not going to have much of the game against Watford so we've just got to nick it like we did against Swansea uh or like we did until half time against Swansea um but today I think being at home is a chance to sort of stamp our authority more on the game and get the ball down and, and try and play and that'll suit Lucasau much more than, than the slightly more direct play we've had with with Gandhi Cameron and the team yeah, I mean, we've, it's nice
0: to have a toolkit up top with players with individual strengths. And mm-hmm. and I agree with your assessment with Mete because I think he, he would be the perfect player to play against against Watford. But in terms of a pairing of complementary abilities for Preston, you know, you've got Long, who's very wily, very clever, mm-hmm. makes dummy runs and you've got Zhao to, to just put the ball in the onion bag, so to speak. So, um, you yeah, know, that, that's, so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with playing those two against against Preston and you know you talk about the home record and how we're a different proposition at home even though it feels like we're on a bit of a disappointing run with only one win in our seven and we've had games that could maybe should have Mm. gone our way in the interim the home record's still pretty strong I mean barring that really disappointing loss to West Brom recently the only time we've lost at home still is against Sunderland and and other than that, I mean it's it's Fortress SCL still yeah. to a point, even though the walls are crumbling a little. Um, so and also specifically on Preston, I was going through the um the stats books, mm. and apparently we've won five of our last six at home to Preston in all competitions. So I mean that bodes well, right? I mean, you'd expect us to put in a strong showing, wouldn't you, James? Well, it would
1: have buried as well until you just said it out loud and jinxed it. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we've lost uh, to Preston at home in front of fans. Because I remember we were disappointed. We lost to them behind closed doors in COVID when we went on that run and we lost 3-0 to Stoke and we lost to Preston midweek. But I don't think we've lost at home to them in front of the crowd since they've come up um, from the Championship in, what, 2014, 2015? So, yeah, they are, you know, a good, you know, a bogey team. But, you know, runs come to an end at some point. I mean, it's not going to be a banker. They're a good team and mm. they set up strong. I mean, I just can't believe how many of their players are still still playing from when they... have I mean, Alan Brown and Dan Johnson, I mean, have they been at Preston forever? I mean, when I think... Yeah. Of course, <laughs> I can't think of a team without them, in Um But, you know, they then got Freddie Woodman. I mean, they're... Was it like seven games without conceding? I mean... Mm. Oh, it's ridiculous. They've it's, had... it's going to be... It's not going to be a goal fest. That's
0: yeah, and the, I think the challenge for Preston, to put it nicely... Is uh, keeping the defensive rigidity whilst also scoring a few uh, more yeah. goals because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they went through that ludicrous spell at the start of the season where it was all nil nils mm. and all one nils. And even now, at the time of recording, I think they've had five one nil wins this season, which is, you know, that their games are often decided by a goal. I can see that the bookies in this one are like all of their odds. It's basically like nailed on for there to be fewer than three goals in this mm-hmm. one. Um, and you know that's kind of also indicative of the the run that Reading's been on recently too, where we've started to keep clean sheets, and um, it, I can't see this one being decided by by many goals. I mean, like Preston are a threat; they're a point outside the playoff. Um, they're I think eighth, whereas Watford are sixth, who mm-hmm. are our opponents after this one. And and if you look at the composition of their team too, they play a similar sort of formation to Paul Ince's Reading, where I think they're playing a three five two this year and and you know they have goals up top. I think Troy Parrot is injured for this one, but yeah. as well, you know, you've you've got uh, oh, Emil Ch- Reese. Yeah, Reese. Uh, I think Chad Owens is maybe being rested for this one. You've got Maguire as well. And so um, you know, they they are a threat. I mean, even though we say that they don't score many goals, um, you know, they've got ten goals in their predicted lineup. To our eleven, and it's um, it's going to be a close game, James.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, every game has been other than Blackburn when we absolutely blitzed them. Um, mm. They all have been close games, and you know, earlier on in the season, we were getting on the right end of those uh, narrow sort of wins, and now it seems to be where we're the unlucky ones on on the other end. But I think that's just the way the season's going to be for everything. We're going to have spells where we do all right, maybe we stay unbeaten four, or five games, and then we're going to go through runs where maybe we don't win for four or five but you know as long as we keep our heads above above the water i mean mm-hmm. this is really just the warm-up for second half of the season with the world cup break i mean you've got the chance for teams to go out and practically build whole new squads in january new managers um because who knows how teams are going to react after the break as long as we can put ourselves in a good position now um go away for a few weeks have a rest um and then come back and then it's when the real fun starts yeah, no, it's it's
0: it's interesting, isn't it? In, in many ways, it's a season unlike any other, given mm. that we are going to have that period of consolidation right in the middle of the season, sort of split into two parts. But as well, you bring up the January transfer window, and I know it might be strange for us to be discussing it now, given that, you know, it's November, but, you know, it is closer than we think. Mm. Do you think that will maybe play against Reading in some ways, given that other teams are going to be able to strengthen more? I know January's a classic sort of difficult times conduct business is the old adage. But as well, like with Reading being on the kind of budget that they're on and knowing that we might be losing players in January, like mm. uh, Mbengue, um, Andy Carroll, you know, d- d- is it going to be likely that we we'll are end up in a position where our squad for the second half of the season is weaker and other people's squads are stronger, do you think?
1: Yeah, that's, it's a huge period because Mark Bowen said in his presser, in, it, well, in his podcast, didn't he, about all those, mm. Players having clauses, you know, there's a very reasonable chance that half of these players that we have couldn't even be here come Jan- come the end of January, and then Inter's got to practically re- rebuild a whole new squad, as he did in, in in the summer in a month. When let's face it, the options available in January are never the same as, you know, there's a reason why they're free agents in January and no one's picked them up by that point. As it is, we can only get one. I think it's one in one out now, isn't it? Because we've already hit our quota for players. So January's huge. Um, all about who we can keep. Um, yeah, Carolyn and Benge. I don't know how it works with us, with the embargo as to whether we can sort of make a, an offer or whether it's got to be the same offer Sometimes. as what they are on at the yeah. minute. Because um, let's face it, I'm sure someone in January that will panic, be panicking about playoffs will come in and slap money down for Carol to say, look, here's three times what you're on now. Come and get us four or five goals like he did for West Brom and try to push us over for another option. So... January is is January's problem. We've got what five, mm. six, seven games in between then and now. But yeah, I, I don't want to get carried away yet because so much can change in in the next few months with the squad and and sort of the everyone else's squad and the whole second half of the season could be totally different. It's why it's so good when building up enough of a a gap. Now that's all we're really doing now is setting ourselves mm. a, an easier target to not necessarily hit after Christmas. We're just giving ourselves yeah. a head start.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know that, you know, it's it's we've had to operate in really difficult circumstances. But if you listen to that podcast, I mean, shout um, out, by the way, if anyone listening to this hasn't listened to, to Paul's Mark Bowen pod yet, you know, you can scroll down the, your Spotify feed or whatever and find it there. It's, you need to listen to it. But, you know, enormous credit has to go to Inns. You know, we're talking about how we've had a disappointing run and we're still 11th. And I know the league is very compact and, and concertina this season. And I know that there are a lot of teams very close to each other. But, you know, the, the fact that performances against Luton midweek and looking ahead to Preston, all of a sudden we look like a team that can compete in just about any game. I mean, we were very close to taking three points off Burnley, for God's mm. sake. You know, we're not shafted by um, the usual suspects. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, in terms of this Preston game, it's it has a feel of a game that is similar to Luton. And I feel like it's, even though there's not going to be the same intimidation factor as there will be on Tuesday when we go to Watford, it's another opportunity to basically just cement the idea that we're a team that can, you know, compete in these evenly matched fixtures. Um, It'll be really interesting to see the sort of team that he plays. I think we've we've discussed, you know, who we'd like to see up top and in midfield. Um, Who do you reckon James is going to edge it? Because... um, I know we said there aren't going to be many goals. I'm probably going to go for a very optimistic two-one win to Reading, which means we're almost certainly going to lose now. But um, can you see there being any sort of difference in the scoreline other than that?
1: No, I've gone one-one. Um, mm. Just think it's just a sort of a standard championship game where both teams will have spells. It's about whether you can take your chances when you've got your spells. Um, we're the home teams. So I hope we go out and sort of set our stall out rather than sort of let the opposition dictate how how the game goes. Um, we'll probably take the lead, which we've done the last few games, and then maybe they'll get a scrappy one back. I don't really know whether I take a point. Well, I wouldn't take a point now, but whether it'll be a good result. I mean, they are up there, I guess, but they're not far off us, so really, we should be challenging. But, you know, we've been pretty good at winning those um, sort of close games, haven't we, sort of, especially at home. So there's no reason why we can't win it. Um,
0: I'm just going to go for a safe one-all draw. Yeah. You, you're, you're always on, like, safety mode on these podcasts. Yeah. And you, you never want to say anything that's going to cost you <laughs> your job or your reputation <laughs> or your family or your friends. <laughs> yeah, what no, one-all one is probably the, the the safe prediction. But, you know, I've got nothing to lose, frankly. Uh, Two-one, <laughs> bring it on. Um, thank you for joining me for this uh, for very um, 11th hour edition of the Elm Park Rules Preview Podcast. We'll be back to preview the whole game next weekend or, or before then, hopefully. And uh, if you want to catch the post-match for this Preston game, assuming that we haven't been battered 5-0, um, yeah. you can also catch all of the build-up and post-match, the Watford game midweek. That will be with Paul and the rest of the lads. And uh, the closer we get to Christmas, I also want to make sure that we shout out Our uh, good sponsors, Phantom Brewing Co., because um, for all of your alcoholic um, gift needs, I'm sure they're going to be revving up into festive mode very shortly. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for um, the the nice festive booze down there at Phantom Brewing Co. And uh, in the meantime, that's all from me, and that's all from James and that venerable double act. And uh, up the ding, come on you ours, and uh, let's hope for three points at the SCL, this Friday evening.